What's going on guys? I'm back at it again with the uh, with the episodes and I take my little breaks because I need them. I listen to my body and I listen to my mind and my soul. And also I don't want to be like, I don't want to just put content up that I don't feel right putting up. And I hope you guys can understand this shit because, I mean, think about it like this. Remember a while ago? Pitbull started using like those old school jams as like, like sampling the beats from like older songs like, I don't know, like Fireball and like Mami and Negro, Mami and like, and you kind of felt like, all right, he's just going to find as many OG bangers and just drop whatever verses just to get them out because... He kind of like was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to appeal to these people that like these other songs. And he was just piggybacking on other people's shit, right? And at a certain point, like the quality of the music wasn't really good. It was just like he was piggybacking off of the fact that we like those older beats. And he could have put whatever fucking lyrics behind them. People would have still played them at the club because it was club music. And... Whatever. Anyways, let's just call a spade a spade. A lot of that music was kind of garbage. He just got lucky that he picked those beats and he just fucking jumped on them faster than other people. But we ain't going to do that. And I was actually, I literally recorded like an hour already of some other content. But I think that's a little too, a little too deep. And it was a lot in one podcast to... To dissect and to take in. So I'm going to take that whole recording. I'm going <laughs> to break it down. And I'm going to. I can probably make like five episodes off of that one hour recording. Just going deeper into each subject. And I don't want to do you guys dirty. And just give you like a bunch of like. Like crumbs. And then have you guys piece piece it together. And try to make your own cookie out of it. Right. I'd rather give you the cookie. And then we break it down into crumbs. Versus give you crumbs and you try to figure out how to put it together to see what I'm giving you to eat. So anyways. Mexico. Mexico was dope. Me la pasé en Jalisco for two weeks. I drove there with my stepdad. The rest of the family flew in. We went to the fiestas. Um, So I'll just give you guys... A quick rundown of what we did. So me and my stepdad left like at 4 a.m. Literally, we were like at 4.05. We were on the, the 6.05. And we we're about to catch the 60 to 10. The 10 all the way down to Arizona to head down to Nogales, right? So we bounced. And we drove through everything. Everything was cool. I was like, hey, yo, this is a pretty pleasant drive. Like you would think driving through Mexico could be kind of, kind of sketchy. No, I spoke too soon because once we got into Sinaloa... The road started getting bumpy figuratively and <laughs> and like metaphorically because then we started noticing that the toll road booths were closed, most of them, and the ones that were open, you just pay the toll and then you bounce. But the ones that were closed had like a little gap in between toll roads. 
So era la calle libre, meaning like just a regular road, like de la ciudad. So you had to kind of go through the city a little bit before you get onto the next toll road. Now this is fucked up because I'm over here in Carro de California with the plates. And there's basically like, they're real in like checkpoints. But the people who work the checkpoints, because they're working at night, they're trying to take money. They're trying to, they're trying to come up on electronics. They're trying to come up on money. Whatever they can get their fucking hands on. Right? So, you know, I, I had to tell a few dudes, like, hey, I'm not going to give you shit. And one dude, he looked like really pissed off. Like, he really thought he was going to scare me. And he's like, ir away, no me lagas de pedo. Donde tienes la feria clavada? Because I only had like 500 pesos on me. Well, um, in my on my wallet. Because I know. I mean, I already knew that these motherfuckers are going to try to take money. So I did have a few bucks. I had probably, honestly, like, I shouldn't have had so much money. But I still hit it. I hit it in a bag of, like, in a bag of um, cough drops. So, like, if they looked through the truck, they'd be like, oh, they're, they're just hauls. And they wouldn't even look in the bag. And it was full, too. So, I had that shit rolled up. So, I was like, man, like, why would I check in a bag of, like, chips or, or like, cough drops? <laughs> but anyways, this fool was like, mira, yo sé que ustedes no vienen nomás con esa feria. ¿Dónde está la pinche feria clavada? Like, where do I have it hidden? O si no te va a ir muy mal. And I told them, mira, wey. No me, no me hables así, pendejo. Yo no tengo nada de dinero. Y si tengo más dinero, no te lo voy a dar. And he's like, Ira. You know, they separated me and my stepdad. Started questioning us, all this shit, right? So my stepdad's like, all right, cool. He started recording on his phone. He's like, Ira, si va. Yo los voy a ahorita grabar y los estoy poniendo en vivo. Les estoy grabando la cara, everything. So right there, they kind of like stopped being so aggressive. And I told him, look, man, I told him, you can, and my brother's girl, her uncle is from Sinaloa. He lives in Culiacan, and he works for the federal government. But he, I mean, they don't all, like, move perfectly straight, right? So I was like, Ira, you're going to do some shit? Do it. You want to take something from me? Do it. I was like, but I know your face. I'm going to make a phone call. You're going to try to threaten me taking my truck? All right, cool. I'll leave it here. I'll give you the keys. I'll let you park it. I said, but I'll be back with it tomorrow. And I'm going to be back with my uncle. He works here in Culiacan. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call him. If you tell me that you're going to take my truck, you're going to take some from me, let me call him so he can come pick me up and get a ride. And then tomorrow, we'll send some of his employees to come pick up my truck for me. And I needed to make sure that every single thing that I that I left here is there in the morning. And he just looked at me. And he's like, well, let me keep this knife. Because I had bought a fucking badass Smith & Wesson knife. Like, literally that week. And I was like, no, motherfucker. That's mine. I fucking work for it. I'm not a... I told him, look. I'm not going to give you shit. I told him, la neta no te voy a dar nada. Be happy. If I don't say anything, because you are going to have to keep stealing for the rest of your life because you're not hustling. This is easy money, but you ain't doing something 
productive. I was like, that's why God's not blessing you. And I looked at him and I was like, and you know what? I was like, you don't even know who you're fucking with. I told him, because I could do something to you. And I showed him my tattoo. I was like, what do you think this means? And he looked at it and I told him, all I need to know is what you look like, bro. I was like, te va a ir bien mal. And he looked like super like, oh, fuck, like, the fuck does this food do, you know? And, uh, I mean, I don't do anything bad, clearly. Like, I love, I love, love, I love the positive energy. I love putting shit out there. But he went through my backpack and he, see the, he seen the tarot cards and he's like, ¿Qué es esto? And I was like, pues tú sabes. And, um, and then I told him, like, I'm, I can do something. I was like, I was like, cool, whatever, like, I can make it so nothing, <laughs> nothing good happens to you. And I would never say that, but I was so pissed and I got so angry. And I'm like, what can I do to fucking psychologically fuck with this fool? So I told them that. They let us go. We got pulled over a few times. After that, nobody really gave a shit. They didn't really steal money from us. Maybe like 500 pesos, maybe, but that's like 20 bucks. Um, so the next day, we get to Vallarta. Well, we're going to Vallarta, and towards the end of Nayarit, we get pulled over, and I'm in the passenger side, and I literally drove the whole fucking night. I literally drove like 20 hours. I finally get into the shotgun position of the seat, because my stepdad can't really... I, don't tr I didn't trust him driving at night, because that fool almost hit a fucking center divider, and I was like, yo, let's just sleep. But I let him fall asleep, and then I just turned the truck on and kept going. I just bought like three Red Bulls. Needless to say, Mexican Red Bulls, they hit a little, they hit a little harder than American ones. So I finally get shotgun and I'm like, all right, cool. The sun, sun is rising. There's daylight. Let me get some sleep because we got like another six to seven hours before we get to Puerto Vallarta. Because that's where the family was flying into. And that's like two hours and two and, a, two and a half hours from El Ranchito de Donde Somos. So why is it that as soon as I get to the passenger seat, we approach another fucking checkpoint? And this one... I was on the phone with a friend of mine because she had called me and I guess she was barely getting home from partying and I guess she saw that I was up or I don't know. I might have, I might have just posted something and she replied to my story. Or no, she posted something and I replied to her story and I replied like, go sleep or something like that. So she called me and I'm like, yo, hold on, like... We came across a checkpoint. These fools are going to try to search my truck. And they're like, well, she's like, what do you mean? I was like, they just want fucking money. I was like, they're just going to try to take money from us. I was like, let me call you back. So I hang up with her. And the guy's like, yo entiendo. Yo entiendo todo. Aquí nadie te va a robar dinero. You know, talking shit like he got offended. Keep in mind that these fools all got bandanas over their faces. With military uniforms and hats. So you can only see their eyes. And I look at them and I'm like... And he's like, nomás estamos chequeando, que no tengan, you know, whatever, all this shit. I was like, cool. I have the the permit for my truck to be out here. And you have full authority to check the truck for anything illegal that you want. Keep in mind, I had washed the truck the day before. We had already gone through like seven, eight inspections overnight. And he goes into the passenger side and literally like in five seconds... He uh he pulls out like this little vape thing and he's like, Esto que es? I looked at him and I was like, ¿Qué es eso? He's like, Esto es wax. 
Es marihuana. Esto es ilegal aquí. En México esto no es legal. And he looks at me like, oh, I got you, motherfucker. He's like, lo encontré aquí. Estaba aquí en el asiento en medio. My stepdad looks at me. He doesn't say anything, but he kind of gave me this like, all right, these motherfuckers are really gonna like. He's like, what do you? He tell he gives me this look like. I hope you say the right thing. Like, what are you gonna say? Like, he he was really like, what the fuck? And I think he really thought I was gonna explode. And I told him I looked at him, and I was like, away. I te voy a hacer unas preguntas yo. Eso no es mío. He's like, entonces de quién es? Si no es tuyo. And I said, no sé. Pero cómo sabes? Is wax. I told him, how do you know it's wax? How do you know there's THC, there's marijuana in there? If you just found it. Like, how do you know? Unless it's yours. I told him, ¿es tuyo? Porque tú sabes lo que es. I told him, ¿es posible que es vape? Un vape regular. De sabor. ¿Cómo sabes que es ilegal? ¿Por qué estás... ¿Por qué estás... You know, like, why are you assuming? Like, ¿Cómo sabes que es ilegal si apenas lo encontraste? Y esos demás, ir a ese cargador, ir al cargador mío. Chequea la troca a ver si tengo un cargador para ese, ese aparato. I was like, check my truck. Look at that charger. I don't have that fucking charger. I got a permit and I'm here for two weeks. Look at my truck. How much fucking luggage I have for everybody and everything. Um, I don't have a charger for that. So... And I told him, mira, güey, se me hace muy chistoso que nos, nos han revisado esta troca toda la pinche noche. Tú y todos tus pinches camaradas. Y tú eres el que encuentra eso y de volada. Lo que no encontraron todos los otros retenes. Tú lo encontraste como en 10 segundos metiéndote en mi troca y yo no tengo el cargador. Y yo te voy a decir que yo lavo mi troca como dos veces a la semana y ayer la lavé, la aspiré, you know, I vacuumed it. And I've never seen that thing in my life. And he got super offended and all his other boys and some fucking short chick that they try to make it seem like she was in charge. And he's like, ¿Tú estás diciendo que yo lo puse ahí? And I told him, mira, if it wasn't you, it was God. And you're lucky I believe in God. And he looks at me. And then my stepdad's like, mira, ustedes van a hacer lo que van a hacer. But, and my truck has like this, 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 um, this radio that has like a satellite image on it. And I have like a big ass microphone on it, like for the Bluetooth, because it's like an older fucking radio. And uh, it does the job, so I'm not going to replace it. And I mean, my stepdad had walkie talkies because when we, the rest of the family got here and we rented other cars, we would need walkie talkies in case, you know, because we're going through like fucking like crazy ass hills and mountains. And, and then I had like my Smith and Wesson knife. And just like little tactical things in my truck for camping. Isaira, todo lo que está pasando ahorita se está grabando. 
And I told the guy, all right, cool. I was like, you think this is my weed or my fucking wax? I told him, I don't even smoke. I told him, so lo que vamos a hacer es vamos a tu oficina. Me haces una prueba de drogas, a drug test, to see if I have weed in my system. Because if that's mine and you know that's illegal, I would have it in my system. Y tú también, I want to see everybody's ID. I want to take a picture of it and I want to take a picture of, of your ID right next. I'm going to hold your ID up next to you. And then I'm going to make a phone call and I'm going to call my uncle. And I'm going to send them your pictures. And I'm going to tell them what happened. And he just looks at me. He's like, oh, ¿quién es tu tío? And I was like, mi tío trabaja aquí, en Culiacán, en Sinaloa. Es federal. He's like, cada vez que tenemos problemas en México, siempre le hablo. He's like, ira. Eso no se puede tener aquí. Y sabes que, you know, la multa is this much. If you want to pay it here, we can give you a discount. And I tell him, look. You motherfuckers already took money from us. Overnight. I'm not going to tell you if it's a lot. I'm not going to tell you if it's a little bit. I was like, but you need to hit up your boys in time to start sharing with whatever they take. Do you need a time to start splitting it with you guys? Because every single one of you motherfuckers is not going to rob us. And I want you to know I, you're going to pay for this. Like eventually life, I want you, cuando te pase algo en la vida, que te, te roben algo, algo te pasa. Si es Mañana o en 10 años o 15 años Y pienses ¿Por qué me está pasando esto? I want you to fucking think of me When something really bad happens to you And I want you to know that's, That way you know Que estás pagando lo que debes wey. So they ended up letting us go Me voló el sueño el vato Made it to Puerto Vallarta Had a blast Went to the rancho Then to Magdalena Then to Tequila Back to Magdalena Then went back to the rancho And then just Spent two weeks out there just having a blast. Um, on the way back, nobody really gave a shit. But an interesting thing happened. Just very fitting <laughs> to me, my family. Um, I can say that we have a gifted family. A very gifted family. We have a lineage of of something very special that we've collectively, a few of us in the family, have realized it recently. I'm the only male in the family, but the rest, my mom, my aunt, one of my cousins... And my stepdad. Interestingly enough. We had some parent <laughs> my uncle too, man. We had some paranormal experiences. So we get there on one of the first nights. Actually on the first night. My stepdad goes to sleep in the oldest room in, in where my mom my mom's house is in Mexico, where our house is in Mexico, right? And he says that he hears something on the roof. 
Now, this is the first experience where we didn't really know what the fuck was going on. So this one might not be paranormal. But it didn't make sense. I can tell you that. My stepdad's going to sleep. He is asleep. And he says that he 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 doesn't know if he's he's awake or asleep, but he hears like a fucking noise of like something walking around. And out of nowhere, something hits him. Right in his cut for his operation. And he says that the that the impact woke him up and that he heard something run. Like, and he doesn't know if it was an animal or something, but something took off very fast. Let me go get my water here. So, something, he says it felt like if an animal landed on him and then took off. But he says, like, it couldn't have been an animal because the door was closed. And he immediately woke my mom up. And she said that she felt something too. And she was like kind of. But when he moved, that's when she actually woke up. And he turned on the flashlight. He looked everywhere and there was nothing in the fucking room. So we're like, oh, probably a fucking. Like we're laughing. Maybe like a taquache, raccoon or, or a rat or a cat. But he's like, but I heard it run. And there was no way for it to leave. And there was nothing. Like I, I looked under the bed. I looked every single place. He's like, no habían. There was nothing. And what hit me, he's like, estaba pesado. It was like, it was a hard hit. He's like, I can feel it still. And I was like, damn, that's crazy because it hit you right where your, your incision was. Like you're like, what a what a coincidence. So whatever. So the next night, my stepdad and my mom switch rooms with my cousin, and he sleeps in that room. Whatever, we go to sleep. Next morning, we're having breakfast as a family because that's what we do. Having the coffee, and my cousin wakes up a little later because he's a little hungover. Because they like, you know how they like to, they like to drink out there. And he's like, no puedo dormir. Like we're like, what the fuck? Like why can't you sleep? Like, you know. He said that in the middle of the night, he laid in bed and he felt somebody or something lay in bed with him and sigh, like, like took a deep breath and let a breath out. And he said that that shit spooked him so fucking much. That he couldn't sleep for hours. He's like, me puse en el teléfono, you know, like I couldn't sleep. And he's like, so he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't even know. Basically, like I'm translating because he only speaks Spanish. He's like, but I don't even know when I fell asleep. Like I just was on my phone so late that I must have fallen asleep on my phone. But it scared me. He's like, I, f I heard somebody breathe like right in my ear and I felt the bed dip like if somebody got in bed. And he's like, it's never happened to me before. 
And I'm like, yo, <laughs> guess who's here, motherfuckers? Like, me, my fucking uncle, my aunt, my mom, my stepdad. Like, <laughs> we get followed by everything. So anyways, everybody's kind of talking about it, but it is what it is, right? And I know what happened. Um, just to give you guys some context and some, some back back knowledge, where we're from in Mexico is called Cimarron Chico de la Raicilla. But everybody calls it Cimarron Chico. They're known for Raicilla. It's a little pueblito in like, in a valley in the mountains, in La Sierra de Jalisco, way up. And it's so beautiful. It's like, there's nothing but green. There's nothing but everything. And there's fucking every type of tree, fruits up the ass, fucking so many avocados. My uncle would show up with like 30 avocados and we would kill him. And there's a little river that flows right in the middle of it because I don't know how old, like when was the first people that settled there, but you needed to settle somewhere with running water. So guess what? They built a little ranchito along the river, a little, a little arroyo, a little, a little stream, like a little ravine, uh, but just enough for people to like, enough water for people to like drink, wash their stuff. And then when it rains, it gets really big. Like, it turns into a river. Um, but anyways. We... Before we take off to Tequila and Magdalena to visit my aunt's family, we go visit the cemetery. And just something that I noticed that I didn't notice when I was a kid. And I think the last two times we went, we, I didn't go with my mom to visit the cemetery. But I literally went through every every grave, memorial. Porque allá, you have the big memorials. You have like these little house looking things. And, and people just, over here, it's just like a thing on the floor. And you can't even see, you know, that it's a cemetery, really. And I guess maybe it makes it so people are less spooked. Uh, but I started to ask my mom, hey, mom, everybody's name here is Segura. Last name is Segura, Peña, Contreras. And that's pretty much it. And she was like, well, there's only like two or three families here. Like this, the ranchito was literally built with like three or four families. Los Peñas, Los Seguras, Los Contreras, and like one other one. And I was like, oh, shit. That's wild. Now, as we started talking to more and more people and just asking them, like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. We realized, like, yeah, they own a fucking lot of land. Like these little rancheros, they're in prime real estate. <laughs> they just inherited fucking land. It's like you got there, you claimed what was yours, and that's it. What a trip, huh? Um, but here's the thing. Okay, cool. Moving forward. A lot of people are buried there that I remember from visiting as a child. Some people are buried there that I remember growing up. And if you remember in my um, 
my episode, one of my episodes of, I don't know, was talking with the dead, but the last, but Carmen Sima, somebody that has helped me, and, and I should book another session pretty soon, but somebody that has helped me in my journey told me that my grandpa and one of my mom's, the woman who raised my mom, which was her tia, you know, my, my that tia, Antonia, she's, she's buried there. Right in the same spot. So there's two, two graves, two people buried in the same site as my great grandmother. My tío Ramón's buried there. Miguelón, which is, he was like a really well-known person in, in the rancho because he was like a fucking tall, great big tall guy. Very happy, very funny, always drinking. He always had like three or four German shepherds and they all followed him around. And he was always like going into the forest and coming down. He was just like one of those like local heroes. You know, like just a personality, like... Era Miguelón. His name was Miguel, but they called him Miguelón because he was big. So he was a big Miguel. He was bigger than life. He was a personality, you know. Um, he died a few years ago, the last time I went. And he had, I think he had cancer. And I remember the last conversation I ever had with him. And I could feel him right here. I remember the last conversation with Atlético Miguelón. When you told me, even if we're not here, humildemente aquí está su casa. You can come and you can stay at my house. And he, him knowing that, like, my mom has, you know, like, clearly, he, he knows my mom, he knows the family. He said, aquí está su humilde casa. He's like, if you ever feel like you don't have nowhere to fucking go. And he started breaking down. He's like, he's like kind of trying to speak something into existence that he was, he's like, para el otro año, te puedes quedar aquí. And son rancheros, like they don't, they don't have anything. Like for them, you paying them a visit, honestly, you if you uh, be like, hey, I'm going to go sleep over your pad when I go visit. To them, that's like the ultimate sign of respect. And love because we grew up over here. Y ellos, they think like, oh shit, like, oh that. They think that we live like this grand lifestyle. And like, somos pobres, you know. And then for them to be like. It just makes them feel special when people go and they spend time with them and they they are in their household and they're like, Ira, you're still, like, you came to visit me from like over there. I know you got nice shit and I don't have anything, but you know, your presence here just brings life to me. And he spoke to me like, next year you guys can come stay here if you guys want. Nos estaba invitando. He's like, aquí está su casa. But he was fucking crying like the fucking superhero of the little ranchito that is known in all the ranchos in that area. He cried because he knew he wasn't going to be there next year. But he didn't want to seem weak.
he didn't want to he didn't want to show me that he was scared. He didn't want to say that he wasn't going to be there. But as his words were coming out, he broke down and he started shedding tears. And and I just told him, yeah, but we both knew that he wasn't going to be there next year. So passed by his where he's buried and, you know, I just said hello. His wife died very shortly after that. Right? People, sometimes people, sometimes souls want to go together. And then, Metia Tonya and my mom's, well, my great grandma, Tio Ramon. We visited them, and it's funny because my mom and my aunt and everybody, they were like, and then like my mom's uncle, like our whole like ancestry is like buried there. A little tiny cemetery, a lot of history, a lot of shit, a lot of secrets that they went with. Like I wish, I hope one day I channel them, and I get them. But butterflies started showing up when my mom and my tia Soko were like cleaning their graves and removing trash from around it, and like just grass that overgrew. And I felt this great sense of peace. But not only that, like, I was watching, like, my uncle. My uncle's older already. He's, like, he's up there. And my stepdad, he knew Miguelon because we've been going to Mexico. And even then, years before, like, we went. And it's crazy how they were going up to the graves and they were just, like, talking to them. And it's crazy how we don't really practice honoring our ancestors like the people who came before us. Like, if you were to look at the cultures like Mayan, Aztec, ancient Egyptians, again, Native Americans, if I already said that, what's one of the things that and the Native Americans, they're a prime example of one of the things that they always do is they honor their ancestors. They don't do anything without honoring their ancestors. Keep that shit in mind. We don't do that. In the United States, we don't really like say, hey, like I'm going to light this candle for you know, my ancestors, and I'm going to bring them something to make their spirits happy and so they can take care of me. There's nothing wrong with that. For many, many, many centuries and thousands of years, civilizations that are were very, they were so advanced that we supposedly don't know what kind of technologies they built these structures with. Like, we know. The government just doesn't want to tell us that if we live naturally with the earth, that we have telepathic abilities and we will rise to a different level of consciousness that will allow us to create a natural energy source that is way more powerful than what is given to us from the outside. Right? So anyways, so we all just go pay our respects, leave some flowers, 
and just hang out at the cemetery. And then that night, I got the I get these like almost like daydreams where they were all in the kitchen. Literally, like almost everybody that's buried there, they were all in the kitchen at the rancho, having dinner, laughing. And they said they were happy that we went. And that they wanted to see us, all of us. And I don't know if I should tell anybody, but I told my mom, because my mom understands. My mom is very open to the life changes that I've decided to make. Surprisingly, her... And my aunt and everybody's like super on board with me. It's just, I couldn't, like really like, like I don't want to like sound emotional, (laughs) but I was afraid to like chase what feels right for me because fuck, like I'm going to get it. I'm going to fucking hear it from everybody. You had your job, you had this, you had that. You know, like, you were doing good. What the fuck? Like, and then what if I made a mistake and they told me, like, I told you so. But even then, right now, I don't feel like I made a mistake. I feel good. Money doesn't fucking matter. Money is coming in without me having to work for it. That's crazy. And it will continue to tenfold. I'm going to make ten times as much as I used to make. So I had that, right? Let's continue. We go to Magdalena Jalisco and without giving too much information, um, because I don't want to give too much information about my family. Um, we live in an area that's very heavily... <sighs> There's people that live in the area that are very well known and very powerful that do not have a business that <laughs> would really fly over here, right? Um, and one of my relatives that was actually at my mom's house this weekend, he lives out there and he's very involved with it. So we always speculated that he met my aunt, which is my uncle, like my mom's brother. Met her brother. Her brother is from Magdalena, Jalisco, which is about fifteen a 15-minute drive from Tequila, right? Well, they were... Him and his wife and a few other people were assassinated. I'm going to say like six, seven, eight years... Like seven to eight years ago. Now, they... They were in a similar type of business. And they were on a road. I think they were going from Magdalena to Guadalajara. And, I mean, needless to say, they were ambushed. And, you know, they pretty much, however many cars, from what we know, is there was like three trucks and a few guys on motorcycles. And there was a fucking rocket launcher and a bunch of guns and and we lost part of the family 
And these people now, I think they're called Nueva Generación. They're kind of running the show where we're from. Um, luckily, we have <laughs> someone in the family that kind of knows what's going on or or at least knows of somebody who knows of somebody who knows of somebody. And um, we stayed at their house for a little bit, right? This is the same house that I stayed in a few years ago. So we're going to go watch. No, we're actually going to go get some tacos. It's a bomb-ass taquero there. We literally ate there like three times <laughs> during our stay because it was so good. We sent my little sister to tell my mom, hey, if you guys aren't going to go eat, we're going to go eat. Meet us at the plaza because you just walk there. Anyways, so we can just go ahead of them because we were starving and they were fucking like chopping it up with the older family in the living room. So my sister goes inside and I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And then we go meet our other cousins at the plaza. And we grub, whatever. And then my cousin's sister, well, my Yesi, Yesica, she says, Tanya, to my little sister, no te hablo tu mamá. And she's like, no, why? She's like, tu mamá dijo, and your dad said, they asked me who the girl, who the girl was. Que estaba contigo. Meaning like they asked who the girl that was with you is. We all were like, what the fuck? What do you mean? She's like, your mom and your dad literally for like 15 minutes were arguing back and forth with everybody else in the house. There was like eight other people in the house. There was like a lot of family in the house, in the living room and at the dinner table and everybody was just catching up. And she said, they both said, ¿Quién es la, la muchacha que está con Tania? Who's the little girl that's with, with my daughter. And my mom said that her and my stepdad <laughs> saw a little girl with a white shirt and like jeans, like blue jeans and like regular sneakers with my sister. And she said that she walked in with her, followed her around. And that when my sister came up to say, oh, ya nos vamos, because I messaged her on, on, on her phone, like, hey, let's bounce. That as soon as my sister stood up, the girl just turned around and walked outside. And my sister said, despidio. She said, peace out. We'll see you guys at the plaza. And she walked out. And my mom's like, oh, I was happy because, oh, cool. Like, she made a little friend, like, that's close to her age. And my stepdad said the same shit. Like, we both saw her. And then they asked, like, oh, ¿quién es la muchachita? Like, that's with Tanya. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, there was nobody next to her. <laughs> There's nobody next to her. Like, she was in here by herself. What the fuck? And my stepdad and my mom were like, no, there was a girl. And they both described the girl the same. Now, keep in mind that um, before my sister came, my mom... Um, was pregnant and same by my stepdad and um, and she pretty much like had a stillbirth and um, so we don't we don't know and it was a girl so we don't know maybe 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 
the girl who was supposed to be my little sister's older sister, which still would have been my younger sister, she probably would have been in her like late 20s right now. Or mid 20s, like around 23, 24. No, yeah, yeah around 20, 25-ish. Maybe she follows my sister around and takes care of her. But nobody knew. That we were just tripping balls. Like that she gave everybody goosebumps, right? And my stepdad and my mom were like, dude, like I saw her like a real person. Like I there's no way you guys this was a real person. She was right there. And everybody's like, no, there was no fucking there's nobody. There was nobody sitting next to her. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. Trust me. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I respect I respect the other side so much. And I appreciate them. I appreciate everything that they're doing for, for all of us right now. So. So that happens. Everybody's creeped out. But we're like, fuck it. It is what it is. But my mom was like, yo, like she looked real. Like alive. Like. Like how you guys look, that's how she looked. And keep in mind, we're already kind of spooked because when we left that morning, because we had we left like at like at five a.m. to Guadalajara because we didn't want to catch like the traffic and we wanted to kind of avoid it. And it's like a two and a half hour drive to Tequila. Two to two and a half to three. So, anyways. When we were leaving, we were, there's there's a road and one of the little pueblitos that we passed by se llama Yerba Buena. And right we have to drive by the cemetery. Well, why the fuck do we drive the drive by the cemetery like at 5 a.m. when it's pitch black because the sun doesn't really rise until 7 a.m. over there. And there's a fucking guy in the cemetery. Like next to it. Standing in front in the front gates, facing the cemetery, looking towards the area where the sun would rise, and he's wearing a a sarape, and he has a tejana, and he's just standing there. He doesn't turn just perfectly still. We just drive by him, and I look at my stepdad, and I don't say shit, and then somebody says, did you guys see that? My aunt says... Vieron ese señor? And I'm like, I saw him. And my stepdad's like, yo lo vi. And my mom's like, who? She's like, I wasn't paying attention. My aunt, one of my, my other aunt didn't see shit. My sister didn't see shit. Certain people didn't see shit. Which is the people that are not on the same frame that there is in our family. That are not familiar with what I'm becoming and have became familiar with. So I believe that we saw him. And I also believe that they didn't see him. So we didn't make a big deal out of it. We're like, fuck it. You know, you guys probably just didn't see him, right? So we go. So that's that was the morning. So we're already kind of just like, whoa, like we saw some shit. We might have seen some shit this morning at the cemetery. And then that shit happens at the house, right? So we spent our two or three days in tequila. We go back to the rancho, and I only got shit-faced once, right? 
But the story of me getting shit-faced is not the story. The story is that we're at the rancho. And I personally believe that there's something up there following me. Not in a bad way. So. I get shit-faced. We kill three bottles of tequila. We pay for the banda to stay longer. Till like fucking 3 a.m. Between me and my cousin, my brother, and some other people from... From from the Bay Area, but that we kind of see them every year at the fiesta, so we all just say what's up to each other every every year, which we should kind of be friends with them. Like maybe I'll add them on Facebook. They're cool as fuck. But anyways, a lot of people that were at the fiesta that night, and I didn't see it because I was faded. Let me tell you guys, we drank all that tequila, then we drank raicilla, and if you don't know what raicilla is... Think of like tequila and mezcal put together and it'll just fuck you up. And I had fucking like THC drops, like concentrated drops. I don't fucking know. I think something happened. Wait a minute. Okay. Something might have happened to me. I fucking woke up in the middle of the night and I was, I couldn't hear shit. I saw everything in black and white. I went outside to pee. And I saw everything in black and white. Like if I didn't see color. <laughs> and I couldn't hear anything. And I was like, yo, let me just take a piss. I'm not even going to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to pee right here next to my tent. Because I decided I didn't want to sleep all, you know, like bunched up with everybody. I brought all my camping shit. And I was like, just in case. So I slept in my tent. Fucking zipped that motherfucker up. Spent a whole day hungover. Feeling like crap. Whatever. But the real story is what everybody was saying the next day. They were saying that, keep in mind, we're in the mountains. Airplanes don't fly over where we're from at all. You don't see lights in the sky unless it's the stars. There's no airport nearby. Nothing should be in the sky. Unless it's a fucking bird. <laughs> Why do a lot of people see something in the sky with different color lights? A big square. Going, like hovering over. For... A long time, they said, for a few minutes. And a lot of people started pointing at it. And they're like, hey, says, you know, what the fuck is that? And nobody could really explain it. And then it just left. Which is a trip. Because I'm telling you, shit doesn't fly over El Pinche Rancho de Nosotros. Like, it's super out of, like, any type of straight shot from Puerto Vallarta. Guadalajara is nowhere near us. The flight path from Tijuana, from any airport, doesn't cross through there. It's just, it makes no sense. And they said it didn't make no type of noise at all. And there was also, like, I saw... A bunch of like meteors that night. But that was cool. 
That's how dark it is. If it was an airplane, we would know. Not only that, we live in LAOC. We know what an airplane sounds like. If there was an airplane flying over that quiet-ass mountain, the valley, it would have echoed. We would have heard it. So, that happened. And the day that me and my stepdad were like, all right, cool, Thursday, we're going to drive home. We'll be home by Friday. Friday night, hopefully, right? We leave the rancho at 4 a.m. And in my mind, when we were pulling out, and my mom said bye, and she was like, you know, be careful, everything. She's worried, you know, it's a long ass drive. I'm thinking like, damn, what if I see something else at that fucking cemetery? What if I see something? I'm like, what if we see some shit? That would be a trip, right? Why is that? We're driving through that fucking cemetery again. And there's a fucking different person or thing or spirit sitting on the fence, the brick fence, at a cemetery. At 4 a.m., I flash my high beams at it because I'm driving with my fucking spotlights on because it's fucking dark. And I'd rather, since nobody's up, I'm not blinding nobody. Any human being would have been like, what the fuck are those bright ass lights? Because they're they're brighter than headlights because they're off-road spotlights. Like, they light, the, they light, they turn night into day. This person didn't turn to look, thank God, because... <laughs> Who knows? I've heard stories about Mexico. He didn't turn. He was perfectly still. And the same thing. He was just looking towards the graves. And he was just standing there. And my stepdad's like. Ay wey. Miras ese, miras ese hombre. And I was like. Yeah. I fucking see him. He's like. Pero no volteo. And I was like. That's another thing. This wouldn't fucking turn to see. Like who's fucking coming. Like who's. Who's pulling up? Whose bright ass lights are those? And um, at 4 a.m., what the fuck are you doing in a cemetery when it's pitch fucking black night? Like, if I turned off my headlights, everything would go dark. Like, picture a fucking black TV screen. Like, it's dark, dark, dark. Like, there's no street lights over there. It's just the stars and the moon, and it was a cloudy fucking night. And I don't know. I questioned the shit that I saw. Now, clearly my stepdad can see things. My mom can see things. My aunt can see things. And, like, one of my cousins could see things. I don't doubt that we saw somebody that wasn't here anymore, right? Who knows? What I do know is that <laughs> I'm not going to say it's going to keep getting worse because it's not a bad thing. It's it's just life for some of us you know 
And sometimes life is more than life. Sometimes life is <laughs> is a little extra. And um, the more you meditate, the more you communicate with with the other side, with uh, higher people that are that are guiding you, you're, you're, that are around you all the time. You just can't see them because our eyes are not trained to see them. Um, Somebody told me recently, and I had posted it. I blocked out some of the information because I don't want everything out there. Kind of like I, I I posted a redacted screenshot <laughs> like the government does. And she said that, um, that I'll have success doing what I do. Which made me feel good because I, I want to be able to to help people. In a spiritual way So they can chase a very fulfilling life And they can fix Relationships Because happiness does not equal money Coming in Happiness is Is having healthy relationships With your kids, with your mom With your grandparents, with your aunts, uncles, cousins Co-workers like, I'm guilty of having as much unhealthy relationships As healthy relationships Maybe even more you know, and I've had my share of of negative contributions to <laughs> to to relationships, just like how now I'm trying to fix them, and and I ain't got no room for like to be mad. Like if somebody looks at me and 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 I trigger them, if something about me brings a rise out of you, the lesson is for you. Because if I don't get pissed, if I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, treat you like a person and I don't feel any type of negative way towards you, like, I'm good. Like, I'm living in my, in a peaceful, peaceful zone, you know, like a peaceful environment. Like, you do not affect my peace. That's good. But if I affect your peace merely by existing, if my name affects your peace, if the thought of me, if somebody bringing me up fucks with you, then the lesson is for you. You have shit. You have triggers that you have to address, right? And the lesson is for those who are triggered um, in life. And, and a lot of us are triggered. And a lot of us are working through through a lot of things that we don't even speak about. Look at me. Like, I'm fucking... I got told... That I'm going to be successful at certain things. I got told a lot of other things. I got told that over the next two years. I'm going to be able to turn on and off. This. Seeing. Of. That I might not be able to turn it off anymore. That I might. That I might. That I am going to see more things that other people don't see. And a lot of other stuff. And to me, it's kind of scary because it's not scary. But there's times where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm kind of scared to open my eyes. Because I don't know if somebody's going to be in my fucking room. But right now I see shades of light. 
and then images in my head, right? So that's how I know who it is right now. Through clairaudience and minimal clairvoyance, which is seeing. But over the next, you know, recent, the next, you know, soon, I'm supposed to see them. Maybe talk to them. Maybe hear what they have to say. So, I mean, I guess I'm inviting you guys to, like, follow my life. <laughs> the development. I lived a fucking weird life, man. Like, I went from just being the party guy, little player, lover boy, certified lover boy. <laughs> um, bust my ass. Worked hard, played hard. I like cars, I like trucks. I mean, I'm fucking, I'm so pinche paisa, like I'm a little paisa. Like to this. And I'm not any less of much. I'm just trying to be a good person. And um, I'm trying to be blessed. You know, and my intention is to, to leave, leave, when I'm done is to leave a positive impact. And if it's on the spiritual community, if it's through these things that I've developed, because I think one thing that this community needs is is somebody to be vocal and to tell you this is what I'm going through and this is the process. And I'm still trying to be a normal human being, which what I'm being is a normal human being. I'm, I'm, I am opening up a part of my brain and my human body that our ancestors would say is normal we call it supernatural but it's really just natural <clears throat> and i figured why not publicize it why not let somebody that doesn't understand why not why can't i just make them understand why can't like <laughs> If you speak English and then you go to France and and people speak to you in French or they write to you in French, like they write, you know, you don't call them demonic or like you don't say that they practice fucking like witchcraft or you don't say that they're that they worship, you know, something bad. Right. You have to understand that people who practice other religions I find truth in them all I think all of them are pretty much Trying to convey the same message um, People who read cards Card readers They're not bad Because all they're doing is using the cards To translate energy that they're getting To give you a message Now if they were to tell you Hey, fucking this is going to happen to you Something really bad if, if you don't do this Or if you don't give me this Then yeah, that's fucking some bad shit Or if you're trying to hurt somebody with some beliefs that you have or like whatever rituals you have. Like I don't practice any rituals besides I light a candle and I say a little prayer, you know, and I just ask for, you know, for guidance and, you know, for some protection and just to take care of my family and the people that I care about. Um, but yeah, if you're doing some shit that's kind of shady to hurt people, then yeah, of course. But if I'm reading your cards and I'm just trying to be like, hey, you know, you're like, hey, you know, I've been sad for so long and 
and I lost my parent, like I lost my mom, and you know, this is something that I always wanted to know, and and I can get you the answer, and you can release that, like that stress, that like that weight, like, and you know, it's not just like smoke that I'm fucking trying to shoot up your ass. You know, like I dedicate myself to this, like I would. Lo- that's what my life should be like, and I want to do that. So, I think this just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I hope that my channel removes the misconception that spirituality does not mean God. Like, it means the opposite. Because spirituality includes everybody. Every Everything that's beautiful about the spirit world and even more. Right? Like... Governments really try to do a good job of separating church, science, and state. But in reality, ancient Egypt, the Mayans, the Incas, the Aztecs, the fucking Druids, everybody, the Native Americans, everything was one. Their What their beliefs were as far as spiritual, along with governing and along with, you know, like everything else, like it was all together. So, I mean, maybe, maybe we just been doing shit the wrong way. Like, I don't know. But um, as I find things out, you guys will find things out. And I mean, this is a journey of a guy who was living a fucking what seemed to be normal life. Doing a complete fucking 180. Doing something else. So. And I'm just going to prove to you guys that I'm a normal person. But I just do things. And I'm going to be capable of things. And not only will I am, am I capable of things. You can practice and you can get better. And you can develop things. And there's people out there that have these same gifts. And they get. Like their spirit guides are like, and their ancestors are like kind of giving them little flashes of like, hey, you know, like this is called intuition. This is called this. This is like, you know, and and they don't realize it because there's many fucking gifted souls on this earth that that do not really realize that they're gifted. And we got to find those people. And we got them. We got to help them if they choose to chase this life. To ascend into a higher dimension, right? So, I mean, just for anybody listening, if your ears ring, if your if sense of vibration in your ears left or right sometimes, um, if your hearing changes, like if it goes from like your normal hearing to like a monotone, like if you feel like almost like a volume switch, and then it goes back. If you feel sometimes like tingling in your head, if your whole body gets like a like goosebumps when people talk about certain things that or like if you think you had deja vu when you get goosebumps or if I don't know, if just like if you think wow, like 
honestly, like, I thought this was going to... Like, if you kind of predict something, and when somebody confirms it, and you're like, whoa, like, I had a dream about this, or for I, I fucking, like, I saw that coming. And when you say that, you get goosebumps, or, like, fucking, like, this feeling of, like, all over your body, like... The odds are is that you're gifted and you're too distracted with outside life. So, in conclusion, that was that was a little bit about what happened. And I hope you guys like this episode. And if anybody has similar experiences, feel free to come on. Um, or any type of experience, because you know we talk about dating. You know I talk about the paranormal. You know I talk about life experience, about growth, about pain, about breakups, um, whatever. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and see you on the next one.